For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 188 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Like yeah, just for good measure. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Just for... How's that for you? Oh, that's tasty. <laughs> that's tasty air horn. Well, guys, we're coming at you uh, from the southern United States. Yeah, in all its balmy <laughs> glory. Yeah. Man, winter is awesome. It sure has been cold. <laughs> is it winter? Yeah. I can't tell. Dude, Give it five minutes. It'll be summer. And then winter again. And then summer. I feel like the weather has been a ticking time bomb for me. Meaning, like, I'm one of those people that, like, you know... I know you always hear like, oh, the weather changing so much is going to make me sick. And you Dude, know. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I'm currently now feeling it. I don't know if you can hear it, but. Well, actually, I could hear it when we played Xbox over the weekend. You sound better than you did then. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. hopefully it's moving out of your system. But I am just waiting to get sick with the way the way. Because literally, was it this week? No, last week. I had a surprise day off of work because it quote unquote snowed. I didn't see a single snow flurry, but like, you know, down here, if there's even the slightest threat of a snow, things close. They're like, down. we got to close the roads and people are going to die. And then by the end of the week, like I left the house with a hoodie on and I was like, I got to take this shit off. It's hot. Yeah. It's been so fucked up, man. So fucked up. All right. So we're going to talk about some stuff this evening, Star Wars related. We got maybe a slight update on the Cassian Andor show from, oh. a, from a possible co-star. Uh, we're going to catch up on our Resistance discussion, which we haven't talked about in a couple of weeks. We're not going to break down the episodes, you know, hardcore one by one, but just some general thoughts leading into yeah. what's going to be the end of this first season. And then we're going to talk 
about some leaked Episode 9 concept art and reference photos that came out this week. We're going to save that to the very end of the podcast after emails and all that good stuff, just in case... Anybody you know, wants to keep it spoiler-free. Like, yeah, if you are doing your best to stay as spoiler-free as possible, you know, I totally respect that. Don't want to, you know, give you any reason not to want to listen to our stupid little show. But uh, I will say, like, I'm a person who is not super big on spoilers, will even less so than I am, and this doesn't bother either of us. No. No, <laughs> um, you know, more than likely things we will see in official merchandising and trailers and teasers and stuff, hopefully before too, too long. Um, but, you know, in the interest of caution and and keeping you guys safe from any unwanted spoilers, we'll save it till the very end. Uh, and as I mentioned, we will hear from you guys. Lots of voicemails, lots of emails this week. We'll get to as many as possible. And uh, we'll have a good old time. Oh, speaking of which, our voicemail last week from uh, <coughs> from Jim, the old nose nose whistle voicemail. Uh, boy, did that cause a splash! Really? I mean, a splash, a, a big as a, a big enough, a, as big of a splash as you know. A podcast that gets our download numbers can get. Right. Like, people would just be like, man, he was upset. I wonder if he missed his exit. I bet you he missed (laughs) missed his exit. Everyone hoping he didn't miss his exit. I I have a feeling we might hear maybe some responses or some uh, light, good-natured ribbing of that voicemail this week. I can't say for sure because I like to go in. As blind as possible with our emails and stuff. But anyways, um, other than that, how's your week been, buddy? It's been good. Been good. good. Can't complain. Did you go? Did you go see fucking monster trucks on Sunday? I did. I went and saw monster trucks. How was that? It was great. It was I, really cool. I've never been to see monster trucks. Really? Yeah, never. It's a good little time. I mean, you know, it's it it, it uh. I hate to say it's not incredibly fascinating because, I mean, they do these different stunts and they got the different trucks come out and, you know, they go in a circle real fast to see who can go the fastest around the circle. It's kind of like this, I don't know, it's like a uh, a PE game. You know when you go to PE and they play these weird little games like uh, Foursquare or who can get to the other side fast, you know, like oh. these games that don't really have like hardcore rules. Like, uh, You know what? Cl- you know what uh, PE games I was best at? I had two What's I was that? really good at. Uh, sit on the sidelines and play Game Boy and oh. sit on the sidelines and listen to Michael Jackson's bad on my red Walkman. Oh, man. No <laughs> PE for the Hawes. No PE for the Hawes. They would try. I mean, like, you'd get a real hard-ass PE that would be like, you got to play kickball. And I got I would be like, I got to play, what, what the fuck now? You want me to play a pinch runner? I need a pinch runner. Oh no, my buddy Steven, who you played Xbox with, you know Steven. Yeah, yeah. I know he Steven. he was my pinch runner because I could kick the ball not well. Yeah, but I could stand at the plate and kick the ball. 
right. and he would run his fool ass off. Chariots right. of Fire style. <laughs> he's a he's a fit guy too. He's a real athletic guy. Yeah, man. He he played all the sports. Well, I don't know if he played them all. I don't remember him playing football, but he definitely played basketball and baseball. Motherfucker's tall as a mountain, though. So like, yeah, he is. Yeah, like he is. The, the basketball mountain. makes a whole lot of sense. I but yeah, I I don't think he played football because I want to say my freshman year in high school, I couldn't participate in PE. And they wouldn't just be like, eh, he's handicapped. Just give him the fucking physical education credit, right? Yeah. They made they had to find some way for me to participate. So you know what they made me do? Oh, what's they that? They made me be the quote-unquote manager for the football team, a.k.a. the fucking water boy. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That's how I got my physical education credit that year. <clears throat> That's really kind of lame. Um, and I don't remember Steven being on any of those trips. I probably would have enjoyed it better because I was with a bunch of dudes that were like fucking bros and douches having yeah. to go to away games. <laughs> All right. Um, let me give you guys some business. Let's do like a jazzy business. You can mm, jazzy business. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com <laughs> slash blue harvest podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page where we release bonus Blue Harvest content every Monday. What kind of content? You may be wondering. Content like cooking with Will. Oh, remind me after I do the business. I have some cooking with Will requests for you, okay? Oh, okay. Um, cooking with Will. Oh, no, it's Hall Solo. Jaws. We've got those coming up very soon. Uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. Uh, Blue Harvest Adventures with Robbo, Colleen, Jesse, Will, and myself playing the old um, uh, West End Games. Star Wars role-playing game. I believe the genre of podcast is called a real play. <clears throat> um, yeah, because it's got the uh, the sound effects in it. And then we have Steve versus the prequels and some stuff to come. Actually, I think I'm going to get a couple of our new shows scheduled to record next weekend and get those out to you guys post-haste. Um. And we're part of the making Star Wars podcast network. The best Star Wars podcast network in the entire galaxy. Where you can listen to some amazing shows. Uh, now this is podcasting. Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions. And the cargo hold. Did I say podcast 2187? If I didn't, I, I said I, it twice. If you didn't, you said it twice. I have a cool story about our buddies at Making Star Wars. Okay. Um, I I mean, just a little shout out. You know, it's not every day that you see them in your news feed. But, you know, flipping through my news feed, boo, 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 see a little thing about inverse. Ryan Johnson shuts down the Star Wars rumors <laughs> where he's still working on the trilogy. 
So I'm throwing, I'm reading that article. I was like, yeah, I thought he was still working on that thing. I knew that was kind of bullshit. Reading, reading, reading. It's like, oh yeah, thanks to our, you know, fan site making Star Wars also confirmed that he's still on board. Jason Ward said that it had a quote from Jason Ward. And I was like, that's my dog right there. That's my boy. <laughs> I know that guy. That's my boy right there. Yeah, believe what he says because it's the truth. It was just neat. It was neat to be in, you know, in my newsfeed reading my articles and be like, oh yeah. Jason Ward dropping knowledge bombs. <laughs> so we will definitely we'll kick off with that Ryan Johnson discussion. I wasn't really going to talk about it because, um, because I had a brain fart just now. Oh, just because it was so stupid. But it's kind of yeah. Duh, no shit. He's still working on the thing. Yeah, it's it's we should talk about it. Um, before we do that though, I've had a request. Uh, our buddy Blake, and uh, who you haven't had a chance to meet yet, uh, and our buddy Matt Frost, have both requested, uh, if at all possible, when you do your cooking with Wills, if you could send me the written recipe to post on the Patreon right. along with right, it, right. because they've both expressed interest in trying to recreate uh, separate recipes. I, I believe the one Matt was super interested in was the lamb. That you were talking about right so i will definitely do that yeah i i uh i meant to do that and kind of just forgot about it in between recording the next couple and then i'm i'll jump on that cool all righty so yeah let's talk about the ryan johnson thing let me tell you my um sort of experience with the ryan johnson thing i was working last night um work starting to ramp up a little bit for me it's starting to get you know, towards the more busy season for me. Like, you know, the winter, like the holidays and the beginning of the year, pretty slow. So I was working, um, watching, oh, I have a new movie I'm obsessed with. And it's not even a new movie. It's been out for fucking like five years. Uh, Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, I hadn't seen it until this week. Are you kidding me, Hawes? Never had seen it. And it's one of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. And I'm not to that world yet. It's sort of towards the end of the game. Um, and I got a free copy on Voodoo somehow. I don't know if it was just for signing up for a Voodoo account or something. But it's been sitting in my Voodoo. Um, and I just decided to watch it. And I was like, oh my god. Boy, do I love this movie. I've been calling Walter Baymax ever since watching it. Watched it a couple of times. Now I'm watching the fucking Disney show. That's a continuation of the movie. It's, I don't know, man. I went I went in hard on Big, Big Hero 6 this week. Well, Baymax pulls at the heart screens, bro. <clears throat> um, but anyways, uh, I was sitting there watching some Big Hero 6. And speaking of our buddy Jason Ward, he texted me and he said, uh, uh, I need to make a note. Okay, he texted me and he said, sorry, I got a text about work and I had to make a quick note about it. Um, he texted me and he said, I'm hearing that the rumor about Ryan Johnson um, not doing his Star Wars trilogy is bullshit. And I was like, okay. And then I texted him back and I was like, is this a new rumor or is this just the same shitty fucking rageaholics on twitter right making up bullshit right 
because I didn't know. Right, and right. clearly he was probably in the middle of, uh, I don't know, talking to his sources or writing up the story, getting things straightened out. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, maybe I should go take a look-see on Twitter. And then that's when I saw. And from what I can surmise, I don't know if this is the exact lineage of the story or the rumor. There's apparently this guy who is sort of a... I don't know how you would describe it, like a pop culture scooper. Like... He, is it the the bros? No. Okay. See, that's the one people seem to be crediting. Super bro movies. Is Super what bro everybody movies, seems to right. be crediting. Is where this information came from. Right. And where, I don't know well, the article I was reading. I don't know if that's associated with this guy. It's his name is Daniel Richman or something. I can't really remember. I am only vaguely familiar with him. From what I understand, he reports on like DC movies, Marvel movies. Um, you know occasionally he'll report on star wars stuff and i guess the whole geek geek tenfold and i guess he's got a patreon right where he shares exclusive news and rumors on his patreon page if you're a patreon supporter and from what i understand this all kicked off because he said i'm hearing that ryan johnson is stepping away voluntarily from his Star Wars trilogy or something to that effect. Yeah. And then people on Twitter started hearing about it. And then, you know, like other sort of entertainment reporters were being very vague and let's be honest, maybe a little shitty about it. Not like towards Ryan Johnson, but being like, Ooh, I'm hearing big things. It's going to cause shockwaves in a certain fandom. Let me attach a Star Wars gift to this that says, I've got a bad feeling about this and things like that. And then it snowballed. And of course, you know, a lot of people start, were jumping on the gun guessing right away. Oh, you know, Ryan Johnson's out of star Wars. (coughs) And then from what I understand, super bro movies ran the story. Like I said, I don't know if this guy's associated with them or not. I didn't really do my homework, which, you know, not the greatest way to be, but also it resolved itself fairly quickly and I didn't really feel the need to look into it that much. So they ran the first story and then that started getting passed around on Twitter. And then Jason ran his story. He ran a story basically saying the Ryan, I'm hearing the Ryan Johnson rumors hold no weight. Uh, and in a fucking masterstroke, he, p- he put a picture of a shake weight as the image for the oh. article. It's like, fuck yeah, man. I like that. That's very good. Um, so he posted that story. And then, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people are like, whew, I can breathe a sigh of relief. And even I, I mean, you know, I felt that, like, he said he was hearing it. it was bullshit. So that, already, I wasn't super anxious about it. Because, you know, we discussed, what, maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago, like, my sort of secret shame anxiety that something mm-hmm. was going to happen to his trilogy. Yeah. So, like, I think maybe that's why he sort of reached out. Because he, because I've discussed that with him. Like, man, I'm really worried about it. So, I think he knew, oh, man, Halls is going to see that story and fucking have a panic attack. Let me toss some water to on die. the fire. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking out for me. So, anyways. Um, and then, shortly after that, 
Pablo Hidalgo made some sort of comment that seemed to throw doubt on the whole idea. And then Ryan Johnson just flat out came out and said, no, it's not true. I'm still working on my trilogy. So there you have it, you know? However, yeah. I don't know. This probably played out over the course of, I don't really know. Cause like I said, I sort of came upon it later, like after it already been gaining some steam. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason I think uh, movie bros was catching the flack was cause Ryan Johnson made a specific reference to them in right. his right in his saying that it was still going right and, and it, it was all in good nature because they came back and were like oh you know we weren't trying to lie we were just saying what we heard oh and no like, oh, it, it's all cool no you know, they said, like they had speculation makes the fan the fandom better you know like yeah they had a very nice exchange <laughs> they were that's classy what you about want. it you know, exactly the cool classic and interactions between this is the thing people who want to monetize other people's rage about star wars Always point out a tweet from Ryan Johnson where he called people man babies. And they twist that into an untruth. And, and it's that, usually the man babies. Right. And the untruth is Ryan Johnson said that if you didn't like The Last Jedi, you're a man baby. That's, no, that's not true. Not what he, he was referencing a very specific segment of people that didn't like The Last Jedi. And honestly, if you read that tweet and felt offended, you're probably a fucking man baby. You're probably being <laughs> fucking racist or sexist or a man baby about The Last Jedi. And I'm going to be honest, I have no sympathy for you and you can fuck off. But if you're a reasonable individual and you're just like, it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. Or it's not my favorite. Yeah. Or I had problems with this or this. That's totally fine. Ryan Johnson's not who you were, who you, he was talking to. Yeah. But... <clears throat> assholes on YouTube who want to spread some sort of agenda just to whip up the unintelligent masses paint that in an untruthful manner to whip up the crazies, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but if, you know, that's just my opinion on it. Um, I'm stoked to hear he's still working on it. I'm stoked to see Super stoked. Yeah, man. I mean, Ryan Johnson is, I think, such an incredible, we don't deserve him. You know, especially after, especially after all this, the this Star Wars fandom as an entirety put him through personally. I'm just glad he's still sticking around, right? Like he could have battered wife syndrome, or, you know, or Dude. battered partners, and not even wife. You know, you, you know what I mean. I'm not trying to be sexist. He could have no. What I'm see, the one thing I would say to refute you is just like it's not Star Wars fans, man. It's people who, well. I don't know. I, They're I don't... Star Wars fans, but they had their idea of where it should go, and they didn't like where it went. Right, but that once again, I don't think that's the people who are going after Ryan Johnson. The people that are going after him and saying horrible shit, like the best example is Ryan Johnson posted, you know, he tweeted out like condolences to a friend of his who lost their son. And there were comments, replies to that, that were like, you fucking ruined Star Wars. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That kind of person, I don't consider a Star Wars fan, personally. Yeah. If you're going to be yeah. racist or sexist or just a shitty human being about not liking a movie and like going after the director when he's consoling a friend of his who's going through a tragedy... 
I, I mean, you could call yourself a Star Wars fan all you want, but to me, you have completely missed every single pertinent message from any of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> that comes from a galaxy far away. <laughs> like, you have missed the boat, my brother. But I digress. <laughs> but what I would say is even if you weren't the biggest fan of The Last Jedi or you didn't like how he handled a character in Last Jedi, I almost think it behooves you to give him a chance with this new trilogy because he's not going to be... See what he can do with a fresh slate. Exactly. Give him a shot with something you, you know where you have no expectations. And honestly, I just think it's exciting that Anybody, any filmmaker is be given the opportunity to work with Star Wars from a fresh slate because we have not seen that in the Disney era. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. The sequel trilogy, lots of baggage on that. You got to deal with legacy characters who have been beloved for 40 plus years at this point. Rogue One, I, you know. It was, it's a kind of a Star Wars movie we haven't seen before, but really it's just a tie-in movie to A New Hope. Like, it's new characters for the most part, but it's heavily reliant on A New Hope for its story, you know? Right. <laughs> Solo, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's Han Solo, a different actor playing him, but, you know, once again, I don't think you can consider any of that stuff blank slate, fresh slate. No, no, no. Everything so far has come with baggage. Right. So, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And it's, you know, just one of those silly fucking dust-ups that happen. I almost wonder if part of it is because people, including myself, are so fucking ready for some Star Wars news. You know? Yeah. Because it's been dry out there for a while. It has. and People are seizing on every morsel because there's not not a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody is waiting with bated breath for this episode nine trailer and title reveal. Um, and it may come out in Frozen 2, right? Well, Frozen 2's trailer came out this week. Right. And that comes out in November. Which means, if I'm not mistaken, that means episode nine is the only Disney movie that's coming out this year that doesn't have a trailer yet. Um, and there was a report on, um, um, Fantatracks, which is a, a Star Wars news fan site, right? Uh, that some big cinema chain in the UK may have received an episode nine teaser. <sighs> and... They said it comes from a very trusted source. Now, Fantatrax has, they're uh, sort of new. They kind of spun off from Jedi News, I think. Um, but they were the first person, from what I remember, the first people to report on Billy D. Williams coming back from episode nine. And that turned out to be true. And I think there's a couple other things. So it's not like they have a... Um, What's the world I'm looking for? It's not like they have a bad track record or this is their first sort of scoop like that. Um, And then I've done a little more research and seen some people sort of refuting it and saying, well, like, that's not really how these teaser trailers work. Or I work for a cinema 
and we haven't received anything. So who knows? You know, there's always the possibility that there's going to be something big. Um, I'll say this as of the UK and us trailer releases happen the same time or are they staggered? No, I mean, I don't think you could, you could do that. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to do a worldwide trailer release because of the internet era, you know? I mean, I'm, but I know the movie releases are staggered. No, they're not. Well, by a couple of days. Like, and it, I think it's all, like, sort of how time zones and shit work. Like, uh-huh. I know, like, the, I think Australia, in Australia and New Zealand, I think, end up getting the new star Wars movies, like maybe a day before us, maybe two days or something. I can't remember how it works or how it's worked in the past, but just, you know, how things because of time zones and stuff, but they do worldwide releases fairly close to each other. It's not like back in the day. I remember, I think for the Phantom Menace, like there were some places that got it like a month after the U S or two months after the U S and like, People That's what were, I was kind of thinking. Right. And people were making trips from other countries to the U.S. to watch The Phantom Menace when it came out. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is like, you can't really do that in this day and age. And I think distribution and stuff is easier in this day and age. So for the most part, they're simultaneously released uh, in a much closer window than they were back in the late 90s at least <clears throat> but yeah they can't as far as a trailer goes i don't think you could like release a trailer in the uk and be like well the u.s will get it in a week or three days like it's all I just gonna... assumed the u.s would be the initial release and then everything else might stagger a day or two behind no i think they it, i'm pretty sure they all sort of just go up at the same time on their respective right on. youtube channels i mean everything it goes up online right and that and then that's instantly worldwide yeah, because, like, let's say a trailer, and I need your word, if for some reason, some crazy reason, I give it about mm, a 0.5% chance of happening. Let's say we wake up tomorrow and there's an episode 9 trailer. We're going to need to record a reaction to slot into this episode. Okay. We'll just get together real quick, record a reaction. But We'll both just squeal into the microphone and that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd just be a whole lot of. Yeah, Um. But anyways, if there's, you know, I don't know, man. I just feel like, especially like we're recording this at almost eleven o'clock on a Thursday. It, I don't know that we've had any completely surprise trailer or teaser releases in the Disney era. Like even with that. Black Friday trailer, we knew it was coming at least the day before, if not a couple of days before. Um, they tend to give some sort of heads up, you know? And I've seen nothing official of the sort. So, I'm trying not to get my hopes up. I still personally think our first teaser will be in April for Star Wars Celebration. Um, and then the title, honestly... I don't know, like, I'm I'm just done, like, even speculating or wondering about the title. It'll happen when it happens at this point. I was convinced it would be this week, because Toy Fair starts tomorrow, 
or Saturday. I don't know how Toy Fair works. If like they have a, uh, if the first day is on Friday or if that's like a preview day and then it really starts over the weekend, but it's this weekend regardless. And I thought we would have a title before that does not appear to be happening. Funny thing about the title, you, you, my friend know how you can fall down a YouTube rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I do. I, I fell, I was in like mid rabbit hole and, uh, you know, one, one of the next videos queued up that's going to autoplay is, you know, like seven potential titles for episode nine. One of these is probably right. And I would like instantly roll my eyes <coughs> as hard as I can, but I'm like, you know what? Let's hear what the kid has to say. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain oh. this. Was it Mike zero? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, they weren't outlandish, but they were, they were just, they weren't very, uh, one of them was, uh, uh, revenge of the Jedi, you know, like, oh, that, you know, that could happen. You know, it, it was originally supposed to be the, you know, just not ridiculous, but like highly unlikely i feel highly unlike not that inventive guessing you know what i mean like well for one the whole reason it was changed is because like george lucas was like you know what revenge isn't exactly a jedi thing doesn't look good on a jedi so like yeah yeah, like there was a very solid reason why they changed it It wasn't just because they liked the sound of return of the jedi better it was like a Another one of them was like the last Skywalker. I was like, that's not even, that's not going to happen. You Once know, again, like, like, wouldn't that be goofy to have the force awakens, <laughs> the last Jedi, the last Skywalker. And, what, and I think another of them was the balance of the force. I was like, you're probably closest there. But again, I, that's still kind of wordy. Like it's still kind of, I just don't think so. You know? I, and I was looking at them all and nothing again, you know, the guy was making nothing against people who make YouTube video. You know, you got to put content on there for people to watch. I mean, eh, I, I watched know, the whole I watched the whole video, the whole two minute video. I, I wasn't angry or anything, but I was like, funny story about episode nine titles. I don't know anybody out there has pegged it. I mean, I, I'm sure somebody has, but I sort of not um, this guy that I was watching. Well, about. you know, what's funny about both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi's titles is after those were announced, people found out that people had predicted those. But you know where they were not on? They were not on YouTube. They were on like forum posts and stuff you know buried in reddit somewhere yeah so like and the other thing is is like i i will fall hard into a youtube rabbit hole for instance this past week i have been fascinated with the guitar player buckethead oh so i fell in a serious rabbit hole about that for lack of a better term weirdo and um Watched a whole bunch of Buckethead stuff. I end up steering clear of Star Wars YouTube because, and that's not, you know, across the board statement. Like, I like Star Wars Explained. Very solid, very positive, very informative. I like um, uh, Hello Greedo. Once again, positive, informative, funny. Uh Um, And there's a few others, but like, YouTube right now, as far as sort of, I hate using like geek culture or whatever, is such a fucking toilet because like we were talking with the Ryan Johnson thing, there's so many people out there just trying to monetize people's rage. Right. Oh, you're mad that 
Marvel's bringing out Captain Marvel and it's a female led superhero and like how many videos can I make talking trash about that? Yeah. And you know what you should do? You should donate to my channel. I should do a live stream and you should donate to my channel because I hate Captain Marvel and the last Jedi. And you know, what's fucked up is a few months back. I can't remember who I was talking to. Um, it was either Jason, maybe Johnny. I can't remember who it was. I was talking to someone on the phone and we were talking about like, man, I'm just getting tired of like these assholes using star Wars for their fucked up agenda. Right. And then I said, you know, what's fucked up is it'll probably last until captain Marvel comes out and then they'll get all pissed off about that and put their, their sights on her. And that's exactly what's happening. They're not really leaving Star Wars alone. They're still fucking saying shitty things about Star Wars. But right now, because the movie's like, you know, like a month away, they are way focused on Captain Marvel and saying shitty stuff about Brie Larson and all this fucking garbage. That's why I fall in the YouTube rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. It's usually Dungeons and Dragons lore. Yep. Or uh, uh, authors, weirdly enough. Patrick Rothfuss, Neil Gaiman. Right I like to listen to them speak. I don't know why. They, I so, Brandon Sanderson. You know, I, just personally, I typically ingest Star Wars fandom through podcasts um, because there's so many of them out there. We have so many talented friends that do so many As Star it, Wars podcasts from different points of view. Like That's what I was going to say. We have such talented friends yeah, like, that are so knowledgeable. And I'm and not so just talking about to like listen our, to and such high quality podcast to listen. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about like not just being a company man and saying like the making Star Wars podcast network. No, man, there's you know all of our good friends and family Canto in the Star Bite, Wars podcast right, universe. Canto Byte Dispatch with Emily and Brittany. Speaking of which, I don't know if I ever plugged that because I'm fucking shitty at doing stuff like that. But I was on an episode of that show and it was a goddamn delight. Um. What episode was it? They are indeed. Um, I was on episode 76. Uh, if you guys want to check that out. Um, <clears throat> the Bucketheads, our friends over at the Bucketheads. There's so many of them. So many, in fact, that like... I have so many unplayed Star Wars audiobooks on my Audible account. Because... There's so much good, like, podcast content, even in, like, the slow time. I just dig hearing what these people have to say, hear their, like, interactions with each other. So I really don't go to YouTube for Star Wars. Very rarely. Like I said, I have a small handful of channels I'll check out. Um, And then, like, you know what I watch on YouTube? Like, toy videos. Like, Toy Galaxy is an excellent channel. They cover... Oh, in fact, I need to send you a link. They did a whole video, just came out today, on the Dungeons and Dragons toy line hmm. that went along with the cartoon and stuff. Oh yeah, the animated. Yeah, they, and they they went they like that's what they'll do is they'll sometimes it's like a well known property like they'll do a four part series on the Transformers or GI Joe or uh, Robotech, and then sometimes they'll do like more obscure stuff, stuff I had never even heard of, like Visionaries and Captain Power and shit. <clears throat> really good channel. Um, and then I watch a lot of like 
video game content, like sort of video game news. Although that's also another one where you got to like fucking tread lightly or you'll come across you do. assholes. There's a lot of hate out there. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so let's move on from that. Um, oh, okay. Cassian Andor series. Something to be excited for next year in Star Wars, considering we may or may not get a movie. Um, that's still the big question for me. Will there be a Star Wars movie next year? Interesting. Do you think they would make a Resistance movie? Like an animated one? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they made a Clone Wars movie to introduce that series. Do you think in a lot of times, not lately, but used to in the 90s, you know, animated series would run for mm, two or three seasons and then they would try Puppy Dog, you know, Pound Puppies the movie, Care Bears the movie, you know, like. Those are the two you went with? You didn't go Transformers the movie or G.I. Joe the movie? I mean, we could, but <laughs> I, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. That's just that's where my brain first stopped. You know. So I don't know if they would do that with Resistance because they didn't really do it with Rebels. You know what I mean? They Rebels. Didn't. Yeah, they really didn't. Just sort of ran its course. Um, I kind of wonder if George Lucas had been like keep everything exactly the same, but like just have George Lucas still in charge of Lucasfilm. Like, let's say they did Star Wars Rebels. Right. Would he have chosen to do a theatrical release of the first couple of episodes of Star Wars Rebels as a movie, you know, like he did with Clone Wars? Because that's all the Clone Wars movie was, was like the right. first yeah. arc sort of cut together as a movie. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if we get some sort of animated movie or movies on Disney plus at some point. Um, to I mean, me, that only makes sense. Like DC's wearing that formula out. Yeah. The cool thing would be though, is like those DC animated movies, which for the most part are good. They had a really yeah. good run. I felt like where they were really high quality and then sort of dipped off a little bit. And then apparently they're back to being pretty good. I haven't watched one in a while. Um, but what would be cool is if they did that with Star Wars, then more than likely it would be considered canon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that would be the difference. Um, and well, Alan, Alan Tudyk's going to be voicing the Joker. Oh, is in he? One of those DC Batman animated movies. Yeah. That's cool. I wonder what, do you know what story it is? Like what storyline it is they're adapting? Ooh, I can't remember. I can't honestly can't remember. I could look it up real quick, but I, I don't want to. Have they uh -huh. announced, like, I know they're doing, like, <sighs> they went back and redid another animated version of The Death of Superman. Because remember, they did that one. Is it called The Reign of the Supermen? No, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're kind of doing, like, the whole, so they started with The Death of Superman, and then they did, I think the one that was just sort of released was Reign of the Supermen, which is, like, you know, fucking His cyborg. Yeah, cyborg yeah. Superman and fucking... Superboy and, and all that. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I wonder if they're going to do one for Nightfall. I would love that. Fucking Nightfall and then have, what's his name, Azrael take over as Batman and then Bruce Wayne has to come back and take the mantle back. Man, that'd be pretty Are you talking sick. about Azrael Darkchild? No. <laughs> no, I am not. I'm sorry. I had to. I, I had fucking to forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, 
I hope my brother listens to this episode. Does he listen to the show? I know he used to. I don't know if he does still. But... He's probably like, damn, they talk about Star Wars too much. You're right. Mm. It's all they talk about. Rah, 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 rah. Star Wars, Your poor Star Wars, brother. Star Wars. When he would come visit us in Birmingham, say, for a couple of days, yeah. I would inevitably be fucking inebriated some some night. So your brother's name is John Luke, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what part of that name I chose to focus on. Yeah, the of Luke, course. The Luke part. Yeah. So I'd be like all wasted laying on the couch going, Luke, Luke, you must go to Dagobah. There you will find Master Yoda, the Jedi Master who instructed me. And I would do it over and over. And to, to your brother's credit, he would laugh. He would. 90% of the time. Guy. But I could see it in his eyes like, yeah, that joke was old 90 times ago. <laughs> but man, he would just, he would give me that laugh. He's like, still funny. Just a lot. Lot less, less funny. funny. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of Alan Tudyk, who you brought up, that segues nicely into our next story. He apparently did an interview uh, with ComicBook.com, and they brought up the Cassie and Andor series. Ooh, is to he going to be in it? Uh, let's hear. He said it's a prequel. Origins? It's a prequel, so it's a prequel. I love those guys. I do. I love those guys, Tudyk shared with comicbook.com. Diego Luna is one of my favorite people on the planet. I know what they're doing, and it's very exciting. We talked about it. So, look. <clears throat> that is about, that is intentionally, I think, vague, obfuscating. Like. Right. There, it is in no way a, com- a confirmation. It's probably the furthest thing from a confirmation you can get. Strategically so, I can imagine. Yeah. You know. I would be totally excited if K2 was in there. Because, Me too. I mean, he tells you that Cassian had him reprogrammed, right? Right. Or, I can't remember if he says he was programmed or they, that Cassian himself had him. I can't remember. But either way, it'd be cool to see how Cassian and, and he came to be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I think we talked about this before. There is a comic that covers that. Oh, but okay. I in this that. case, I'm totally fine if they want to fucking sort of be like, eh, that what was... comic? Comic? Yeah. Or comic. find some way to kind of incorporate those events into the movie or into the show. Uh, I just don't think they need to be super beholden to it. Um. But yeah, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense to me to have K2 show up in that show. Their, like, relationship... I mean, talk about their... a missed opportunity if you don't. Yeah, their relationship and their sort of banter... That's a Han and Chewie relationship. Yeah, in a lot of ways it is, it's isn't it? It's a pilot, co-pilot, buddy-buddy, pals thing. Yeah. I, I mean, never it's got... a little more subservient on K2's angle, but... I don't know, he slaps the fuck out of fucking Cassie. He does, he hit him, yeah. I never got the uh, vibe that, like, Chewie was as much of a smartass as K2. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell because you don't know really know what he's saying. Especially from the one where he starts laughing and he's like, laugh it up, buzzball. He definitely has smartass Chewie elements. Chewie definitely takes some joy in Han being knocked down a peg. That is true. That is very true. 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I he hope. definitely likes to brag, you know, when he was getting bandaged up to that lady in the force awakens, oh, he was bragging. You're so like, oh, brave. You're so brave. <laughs> Sounds very scary. Oh man. That's one of my favorite parts. When she's like, you're so brave. And he starts nodding like, yeah, like, I am. Yeah, I am. Brave. It reminds me of like, um, that's how we talk to Dharma when we give her a bath or we have to like clip her toenails because yeah. for such a, she's not a huge dog, but she's a big dog and she sounds fucking scary as the listeners will know. She is like a total wuss when it comes to getting a bath or having her toenails clipped or anything like that. Like, so yeah, we have to fucking hype her up. Oh, you're such a pretty girl. You're doing so good. Everybody needs a little encouragement. Dude, you know, you know how, um, you know, you know, you know how like people talk to their animals like humans. I don't know if everybody right. does it. I definitely do. <laughs> um, something happened today that like, I know deep down in my brain the animals don't understand what I'm saying to. I'm sure like when I talk to Walter, you can tell by my tone and the fact that I'm petting him, like there may be a level of emotional understanding. Right. I'm telling you, dude, I saw something happen today that leads me to believe that my dog Luna knows and understands English. Jesse got home from work today. Today's Valentine's Day. We're doing like our big celebration this weekend when we have days off. But like, you know, I gave her some gifts and flowers and stuff today. And she was sitting down on the couch and she was reaching into a bag to give me something. And Luna jumped up in her lap and playfully she like knocked Luna out of her lap and said, no, Luna, I don't love you enough to give you something for the Valentine's Day. And Luna made a noise, dude. That was so heartbreaking. It was a cross between a sigh and a whimper. A noise I've never made, heard her make before. And the look on her face was pure heartbreak. Oh, I'm wow. I'm telling you, she understood what Jesse said to her. And She I, was heartbroken. I have been bumming Jesse out, bringing that up for the rest of the night. I was like, you really hurt that dog's feelings. Because Luna is like Jesse's dog. Right. That dog is up her ass 24-7. Where Jesse goes, Luna goes. If Jesse's outside and Luna's not out there with her, Luna is upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about some resistance, then we'll jump into voicemails and stuff. Um, what episodes did you watch? I'm having a hard time remembering sort of where we left off with our discussions. Um, Do you remember the first one you you started with? The the first one I started with, uh, it, it was after, what's the one right after Bebo? Uh, Sonara Score, maybe? I, I saw that one then. Okay, so you the saw, one. there's like a, sort of a two episode arc with Sonora, Sonara, right? Yeah. And then there... I think it was the second episode with Sonara where I started. Okay. Okay, so did you see dangerous business where he has to work in the shop that's it that's it that's okay. where i picked up that was the first one because i had seen everything up and then picked up with him in the shop that was the first one I watched. okay so you saw that one you saw the saw one, that one 
Did you see the one where Sonara? Um, sort- well, and, and of that one, I thought it was kick ass of Kaz to bring down that whole ship. Right. I so, was like, hot damn, nice saboteur. One yeah. rank gained in saboteur. Um, and then you saw the one where Sonara sort of helped them kidnap Tora, had kidnap the change Tora, of heart. Yeah. And then the one after that is where the First Order starts looking for the spy on the Colossus. Right. And Kaz helps Sonara escape. Right. You saw that one? Yes. And then I'm just briefly going over these. Yeah, synopsis. Yeah. And then the one after that, the most recent one, I believe, is the one with the Stormtrooper. Yeah, where he impersonates the Stormtrooper. Okay. So what do you think, just as a whole of that sort of four episode stretch, what like where are you on Resistance? How do you feel? Uh, I'm great. I've, I feel really good about resistance. I feel like they are growing these characters in really effective ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was neat to see the big Kraken like thing under the water when she did her water escape. Yeah. Was that Bebo's uh, mom? Was that the same? Wait, is it, I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then what was so frustrating was seeing the first order double cross. I mean, you knew it was coming. The first order hire the pirates to kidnap, you know, Doza's daughter. Then they go and that when, when it comes to the handoff, they act like it, they are saving Doza's daughter, right? They right. attack, they double cross the pirates and save Doza's daughter. And then like, Oh, we saved your daughter. You need our protection. We're the goose. Yeah. You know, goons. (laughs) I'll say I have become, you know, for the most part, I was a fan of the cast of Rebels. Every now and then, Ezra would annoy me. Every now and then, I didn't really see the point of Zeb after, especially after sort of a certain point where it seemed like they kind of wrapped up his story and then he was just sort of along for the ride. They did some other stuff. Kind of like lingering muscle slash comic relief. Right. I don't think there's a main character on the cast of Resistance that I don't like. Like, I don't like Rucklin or whatever, Frodo Baggins' character. But he's um, not a main character. He's not a main character by any means. And he's also unlikable. Like As he's I say, the character is designed to be a villain. <laughs> um, but I am really enjoying Sonara. Like, so tortured. Yeah, and like you can I can kind of see the 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 conflict within her. Mm-hmm. I'm Has... convinced she will be back. I mean, it's to me, it's a given that she'll be back. But I think she's gonna do the classic Star Wars show up when her friends need her the most. Sometimes yeah. toward the end of the season, I don't think her story is by any means over, and I think we will see her again before next season, even. Um. I, I, you know, Kaz has like a certain level of goofiness to him, and which I am, which I'm always gonna accept, right? And I know the slapstick comedy, the very physical slapstick comedy, very acceptable. I'm, I'm used to that now. Mm-hmm. What still irritates me is watching him grow as a kind of an efficient spy, and then he is still bumping into shit and knocking shit over, not being quiet. Yeah. Like he's doing the sneak in, but he's still sucks at sneaking like and and you know what honestly that's what bugs me and i mean uh, i think if the the show was aimed a little older 
you know, for a little bit of an older audience, I think there would be less of that. Honestly, I do feel like those elements are there for the younger audience. And I get it. Like, yeah. again, like I understand when it's there. I get it. I'm just like, can we, can he bump into like one less crate? Yeah. Per episode? Like, and they, can he, they give him enough other stuff that I'm okay with it. Like at the end of the episode with Tora getting kidnapped, when he's talking to Sonara and basically knows what's going on like that, right. that exchange right. between the two of them. Deep. I thought it was yeah. good. I thought that was really good. It really was. It was. <laughs> it made Kaz not seem naive. Right. Uh, and it I thought that was a nice seem, touch. You know, no. Um, right. I, um, the way he handled those kids, I was like, how the hell are you going to save these kids? Like, the First Order is combing this base for identification they clearly don't have. Where are you going to hide these kids? How are you going to get them out? But he, I mean, kind of like, uh, Kind of like his buddy said was both brave and stupid. I think like mm-hmm. is it was good. It was good. It was a cool move. Oh, and uh, the juicy bit in there, some little reference when he's telling she's got to escape, and then she he's like, you know, you can get out, and then from there you can go to Takodana. Yeah. Like, oh, Takodana. Yeah, Name drop Takodana. I thought that was interesting too. You know what's funny is when he was helping Sonara escape, I was so confused. Like. I was like, okay, so there's escape pods like underwater in the in the station. And right. then I was like, well, is that escape pod just going to like go up into space? And then when she popped out in the ocean and was all alone in the ocean just chilling on the escape pod, I was like, well, how is this a good resolution for her? She's like fucking castaway out here. Yeah. And then, you know, the pirates show up and and pick her up. But yeah, at first I was like, "How is this that great of an escape?" If you're just yeah, how's this gonna up? work out? Um, you know when? Uh, so we'll talk about the most recent episode with the kids, like you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. When that first order trooper is trying to apprehend those kids, I was almost certain, um, the girl I can't remember her name was going to end up using the force in like a moment of need because oh, really remember in. I think it was in Bebo, there was that sly little hint that maybe she's Force-sensitive. Yeah, I do remember that. When now. they were like, he, he, she has dreams sometimes yeah. of stuff that comes true or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. They didn't end up doing that, though. Um, also, the conflict in the engineer girl. Tam. Uh, Tam. Mm-hmm. To where she kind of thinks the First Order's not that bad, you know? And that's interesting because not everyone would believe that they were bad. You know, people that haven't had intimate interactions with their treachery. Right. And and the fact that she is learning that because of these kids I thought was a nice touch. Because I Excellent. won't lie, for the couple of episodes before when like people are like, man, fuck the First Order. And she's like, why? Why fuck the First Order? I don't think they're that bad. I was like, ah. I don't like this direction this for this character because I like yeah. the character. You and I are sitting there legally like, hmm, I liked you. I like you a little less now. <laughs> Something's going on here. I don't know. But and <laughs> uh and Yeager talking about, look, you know, you both grew up in a time of peace. You're just too young to really understand what the Empire was like. I was like, Yes, sir, they are. They have no idea. Yeah, and they they also in this latest episode threw us a, another little bone about um uh, Tora's dad, General Doza, is it 
Yeah, he used to be in the Empire. Yeah, like Pyre. Gave it up for personal reasons. You wouldn't understand that. Right. I assume it's his kid or wife, you know. Or it was like, like, he was like, man, the Empire's fucked up. I'm out of here. Okay, a little bit of canon that I did not know. I did not know reprogramming meant uh, brain wipe. Like, I did not know that Star Wars even had the technology to, like, wipe your mind. I don't know that it's necessarily wiping their mind as much as it's like brainwashing. You know what I mean? Um, And I kind of sort of assume that just from the little bit of information we got in The Force Awakens. I guess I didn't think it was something that could be done later in life. Like, because, you know, Huck says in The Force Awakens, like, army is superb raised since birth and then like you know um finn says like you know i was kidnapped from from a family before i was old enough to even know who they were and all that stuff so i thought it was like one of those things where they kidnap kids and brainwash them from a very early age and it's just like which i assumed was like indoctrination right exactly that kind of brainwashing not literally using a machine to brainwash like yeah and and we didn't really see the process so i don't know like maybe it's some kind of fucked up uh clockwork orange thing where they sit them in a chair with their fucking eyelids peel i mean we know things like the pork cullet exist yeah the boar gullet yeah yep um but yeah Um, so (laughs) something interesting they um they released a little clip for next week's uh resistance and it looks like shit is getting real close to The Force Awakens because in the clip, it's Poe Dameron talking to Kaz and he's like, hey man, I'm here to pick BB-8 up because we have to go to Jakku on a mission. Dude, yeah. now just thinking about it, the end of that, the end of that episode, uh-huh. they look at the data stick he stole. Which is a star map. Right. Showing fleet positions. Right. No, that can't be it. What were you going to say? I was thinking that would be the same data stick, but it's not. The data stick that BB-8 has has the missing chunk on it, not the rest of the map. Right. And and the data stick that it, they get it from Lore Santeca. It comes from Lore Santeca. Yeah. I was tr- I was about to connect two in- unconnectable right. dots. I see what you're I see the direction you're going in. I think it's two different maps because like Yeah, yeah. One is the, <laughs> I mean it, I assume it's the fleet position map like they were guessing cuz the fleet is amassing for war, right? Right. And I think that also shows you like cuz that's sort of the thing like one of the things about the Really, any of the Star Wars movies is you never really get a scale of how big either side's forces are. Because if you watch The Force Awakens and just take it for what you see on screen, you could There's almost... really like only one cruiser and a super weapon. Right. You could almost assume that like damn near most of the First Order was wiped out after that movie. Clearly not the case. Also, clearly not the case after The Last Jedi. Right. Like, if each of those dots was a fleet... Whew, that's a big force. You know what I mean? That's a huge, and like Kaz said, that's way more ships than the Republic Navy. Right. You know, the new well, Republic Navy or whatever. And that's also because they demilitarized after the Battle right, of right. Jakku against Princess <clears throat> Leia's. Right. That was all Mon Mothma's idea. But 
yeah, I'm excited to see where they're going. It looks like they're getting into Force Awakens territory quicker than, like, I wasn't even convinced we would see that this season. And then we Again, got that. Agreed. That, totally agreed. Yeah, and then we got that mid-season trailer that showed us, no, they're going there. And I was right like, now. oh, okay, that'll be towards the end of the season, which it still is, but it's still earlier than I thought it would be. Like, I think Which means, got, you know what we get to see? What's that? We get to see their reaction to the destruction of the Hosnian system. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely we do, because remember in the mid-season trailer, we saw Kaz watching like a, a hologram of Huck's speech. Yeah. So, I, I kind of think... Anyone who had their doubts about the First Order will soon mm-hmm. have none. And I also think that could spell bad things for Kaz's dad, because he's a senator. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That could get real sad or real... Oh, man. Yeah. All right, buddy. You want to do some voicemails and some emails? Yeah, let's Let's do it. it. Let's hear what our our good friends have to say. Let's listen to a little ditty first. A little ditty. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box Kitty. Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Luhurt! Cockhead! Hosberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Alrighty. First up, the one, the only, the king of all times. Of all Tams. King of all Tams, King Tam. Let's hear what he has to say. I wanted to call in and tell you guys a great episode last week. I especially enjoyed Colton's voicemail. It brought back a few things for me. First, I wanted to say I'm in total agreement with both Will and Colton. When I first saw Empire Strikes Back, I must have been about five. And that one scene on Day Go By in the Don't cave, I thought that... Oh, shh. Sorry. The US 74 I, I thought... Turn this thing off. I thought it was General Veers, the AT-AT driver, when the helmet blew up. I didn't hmm. recognize it to be Luke. That's because I was five, and you know, got kind of, kind of got thinking back to the original time I saw Empire and Jedi. I saw Jedi a few weeks after I saw Empire for the first time. But then I got to thinking about it and listening to last week's episode, and it brought up a rather unpleasant memory. And I'm sorry to say, you know, I, I, I really loved Return of the Jedi the very first time I saw it until the, so I'm watching Return of the Jedi and loving the movie and then the throne room scene comes. Luke beats Vader, stands up to Sheev, Sheev zaps him with the force lightning and then to save his son, 
Vader gets up, picks Sheev up over his head, and tosses him down. The, stop it. Tosses Sheev down the hole, right? That, okay, okay. So he tosses Sheev down the hole. And I was reminded, listening to last week's Blue Harvest, because I went back and I watched Return of the Jedi, and at... One hour, 56 minutes, and 50 seconds into the movie, there is a sound. I'm reminded of another time when I was a kid. My father was cooking lobster. And the sound that Vader's armor makes is the same exact sound that a lobster <coughs> makes when you're cooking it. So you know what I was thinking. That underneath that armor, Anakin Skywalker was a lobster guy. Yep, he was uh, this great Jedi warrior. He had claws, but Obi-Wan cut him off. The Emperor gave him new armor, and he replaced his claws with hands to better hold a lightsaber. And I had this, you know, this brilliant idea in my mind for a few... Okay, hold on. For I had this idea in my mind for a few minutes until that one scene in... Until that one scene in the hangar bay when Luke unmasks Vader. And I was expecting to see a lobster guy, but no. What do we get? We get Baldy Bob. And uh, this, you know, I didn't know it back then. I was angry back then that we didn't get a lobster guy. But right now, I am blaming Dickie Marquand and Ben Burton Ernie for throwing that sound ben bit Burton. in there. They knew what they were doing. They knew how they were messing with my emotions. What are you and, doing, you mom? And all these years later, <laughs> all we get is Therm Scissor Punch as a lobster guy. And I was thinking that maybe one day we would get a lobster guy in Star Wars. And Therm Scissor Punch, I mean, yeah, he's cool looking, but but that's not enough. When what? Starboard, turn starboard, the opposite of left. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake! I'm done. You're on your own. Ta-ra. You bloody mug. Wow. I hope Tom, King Tom is okay. I hope King Tom is okay. And I also hope that the fucking Soar's Bandeem GPS voice is... Can I purchase that right now? I was about to say, where do I get Soar's Bandeem GPS? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that guy. Move over Apple Maps. Sorry, Waze. I got that Soar's Bandeem GPS exclusive to Tom Tom. That fine Bandeem. Oh, my God. King Tom. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, King Tom. Thank you for that. Appropriate parody. (sighs) I'm a little lightheaded. From laughing too hard and then coughing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I do like Therm Scissor Punch. I want to see him kick some ass. I don't know why I wanted to see that, but. Because it'd just be cool to see a lobster guy going around whipping some ass, I guess. I kind of want to see the title, the famously titled Scissor Punch. Right? Right? It must be hella, hella nasty if you're named after it. I'd be like Daniel Crane Kick. Yeah, because your last man isn't Superman Punch or Muay Thai Elbow, okay? Like, (laughs) for nothing. William Donkey Punch. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, snorted. At my own joke. They call oh. me DP. Donkey Puncher, Donkey Puncherello. D to the P. All right. Who do we got next? All right. So next up, we've got Jim. So apparently he didn't miss his exit and he didn't have a car crash like King Tom. Thank goodness. Yeah. So let's hear what Jim has to say. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Well, uh, first off, it was uh, fun hearing Hawes trying to hide his boner uh, when talking about the robot Skippy and Tatooine. Um, I'm excited too, man. And uh, man, when I sent that last voicemail, as soon as I heard the swish sound, I said out loud, inappropriate. (laughs) So... I'm really sorry, and uh, the anger <clears throat> mainly stems from not being able to talk it to anybody about that, and uh, th- no one will understand. You, you you know how when like a muggle, a normal person asks you if you're a Star Wars fan, and you're just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you're like embarrassed, well, and you don't even talk, you know, that's as far as it goes, well, that's everybody in my life. I mean, my wife is a sweetheart, actually gave me the idea for giving chips and Gatorade to charity uh, because she leaves out a basket of water, sodas, and fun-sized bags of chips for delivery guys around Christmas. But I showed her the nose whistle, and she's like, why did they do that? And all I said was, I think they did it on purpose, and it makes me mad. And that's it. I hide it. You know, I'm actually a ray of sunshine to work with. With uh, I put on my I would put on my resume like motivator and all that stuff if it didn't sound so cheesy. But my boss, a man who said, "I like to hunt because I can't kill people." Is oh that messed God. up? <laughs> uh, he noticed me oh, being quiet all day and asked me what was up. He said, uh, "Not feeling it today." And I said, "Actually, I was upset because of a movie." When I showed him the clip, he said. Maybe she does that when she's nervous. And I said, huh, maybe. And I left for the day. Like, there are so many levels to why I'm bothered by this that no one understands. <laughs> so I vented to my boys and worried my ass off because it was a, yeah, inappropriate. But, man, did you guys hot handle it with class and professionalism. Thank you, Halls, for doing extra work just to demonstrate my point with Thanks for recording. You guys are the shit. And yes, I had a breakthrough with your therapeutic words. I still think uh, he made her nose whistle look like it was whistling on purpose, but I feel a lot better about it. If George <laughs> Lucas did the exact same movie, I would be like, it is as God has willed it. And I would laugh at the nose whistle and be like, I didn't know Uncle George <laughs> had a sense of humor. But uh, since it's the other guy and he literally, literally said every idea was his and got no input from anyone. Uh, and if you're upset with the movie, you can blame him. So I guess I blame him for any bad feeling. And I really just want satisfaction, a deep drink of satisfaction with episode nine. And I would love it for, uh, you know, being amazing, bringing all three movies together. Rian Johnson, <coughs> JJ come out from behind a curtain. They're like, we planned it the whole time. But until then, I'm going <laughs> to let the hate flow. Um, but one real Star Wars thing, uh, if Obi-Wan came back as a Force ghost in Episode Nine with Ewan McGregor, do you think they should try and make his hair as close to Episode Six and distort some of his features to make him look like the original? Or do you think they should just let McGregor get with his own gray haircut and swagger? I like the latter. Or even a CGI 
Alec Guinness. Damn it. And um, also, you mentioned my recent review on iTunes. Dude, I wrote within the first week or two of hearing you guys, and I said a little something about Hawes' voice being as soft as a baby Ewok. Hmm. But something you never said on Blue Harvest, trust me, I know, is that you are not allowed to swear on iTunes reviews. And I must have thrown in like a damn ass or something. Uh, I've been listening to Rogue One podcast for winners. And in the first few episodes, you guys say it a lot about not swearing on reviews. But uh, Ignite the Green. Oh, yeah. You can't swear in iTunes reviews or they filter that shit out. Hey, guys, if you've left left an iTunes review and you've cursed in it, you may want to revisit. Um, Can you imagine, Will, like... Can I take you on a mental journey? Sure. Close your eyes and imagine. All right. You're an electrician, right? All right. You went to school. You learned your trade. You're doing a job which I find actually kind of scary. Electrical stuff kind of scares me. It's probably because I don't know enough about it. But, like, I'm just afraid of getting fucking my dick shocked off, right? Yeah, that's kind of (laughs) exhilarating. Okay. Uh, and already not getting my dick shot, <laughs> but dealing with that much power, like it's kind of it's an um, adrenaline rush, I can imagine. Anyways, let's say you work with this guy Jim, nice guy, like he's motivated. You saw it on his resume. We'll say one day you wake up and you've got a bit of a cold. Your nose is whistling a little bit, and you don't you don't think anything about it, right? So you go to work. You're doing your electricity electrician thing. Maybe you're switching out at old fuse box for a a breaker box and you know you're just your nose is whistling dixie my dude you know what i mean and then just you you know that feeling you get when something's behind you like or someone's watching you and you turn around there's jim he don't look so happy and what's he got in his hand a gatorade and a fun size bag of chips and like it doesn't seem like a friendly exchange is about to go down All because of your fucking nose be whistling. Oh man, dude, that's really a good idea that his wife does leaving the. I think that chips is. and drinks out for the folks at Christmas time. That's really that's cool. It's a very look dude. philanthropic thing to do. I am. I don't know. I would probably uh, fall in the category of a power Amazon Prime shopper. You know what I mean? Uh, power, I know, as in you do it a lot. Yeah. Lots of deliveries from Amazon. That free two-day shipping really floats my boat. I don't know that I'm like a <clears throat> a Hard Rock Nick level Amazon Prime user. That's a little reference for our buddy Blake. But um, it's especially bad around Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I'm an online shopping guy. Like, I don't like going out and shopping, especially around Christmas time, if I don't need to. I was about to say, for the most time, you're like, ugh, people gross, especially yeah, around holidays. Yeah, man. Like, and it's it's not like I'm a person who hates people socially anxious. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like, like, even, like, I love live music. It's hard for me to fully relax at a concert or something, just from being in a crowd and stuff. Yeah. But um, this year, like, because Jesse and I always feel sort of bad um, around the holidays because our mailman and the UPS man, they'd be putting in some work, dropping packages off. So 
We actually well, like got him gift cards this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. I just I don't know, man. I you know, like just figured like it's goodwill. That's kind of got to be shitty around that time of year. So like <clears throat> they're dropping off like five packages a day and some heavy shit. Like we had a fucking couch delivered from Amazon one time. TVs like we're not talking like just a a light little package they can Ace Ventura onto our fucking porch. Hold on, hold on. Amazon can two-day ship you a couch? Yes, they can. That couch couch that's in our living room right now, the little two-seater with the middle console? Yeah. Fucking Amazon, my dude. How does the delivery guy do that? Was it him himself, or did he have to have a hand? There were two people. Well, so, for one thing, with a big item like that, you have to schedule it. Like, on Amazon, like... I think it may have taken, oh, three days instead of two. But you pick, like, the day and, like, a time window for them to deliver it. Yeah. And it came in a huge-ass box. They came in and took it out of the box and, like, set it up. And then they had to take pictures of it in our house, I guess, to, like, confirm. Proving that they set it up and that it was in good condition when they left. Yeah. But, yeah, we got a couch delivered on Amazon. <clears throat> All right. Wow. We got some more voicemails. Hmm. Letters. We oh, got uh, we didn't address his question. Oh, my The bad. Obi-Wan. Yes. Um, You know, I'm so partial to Obi-Wan, I wouldn't care. You could use Ewan McGregor. You could hold him up. Whatever. I don't care. Um, But I think my personal preference for Obi-Wan is coloring that decision. I think... For continuity purposes, you should go. I mean, if you went through the pain in the ass to render uh, Peter Cushing, why would you not go through rendering Alec Guinness? Yeah, as Obi Wan Kenobi. The thing is, with that, is Peter Cushing as Tarkin and you know Carrie Fisher as A New Hope Leia. Like that's for such comparatively a small part of the movie if this was a whole movie of cg rendered obi-wan i think that's a obviously a lot harder to do technically right probably you know much more expensive to do and secondly i think you run the risk of it being harder for an audience to buy i still don't know that we're at the point with technology where you can do that for a whole movie um, yeah, I would be I interested. Even, I mean, Tron tried, but I, it yeah. still wasn't there. I'd be um, interested to see them try. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know that I want them to take that risk with the Obi Wan movie. Um, the weird thing to me about Obi Wan is like, look how he looks at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and then twenty years, eighteen to twenty years later, in A New Hope, bruh, Tatooine put some miles on that fella. You know what to I mean? Me, and if, to me, if you're going to do the Obi-Wan movie, I mean, just use Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. I mean, use him as he, if you make him grow his hair out and then, or beard, and then put some more gray in it if it's not gray enough for you. That's, I imagine Ewan McGregor's beard and hair are probably gray enough for you. But if not, then that's it. Just let Ewan be Ewan and. I don't know, you know that you need to do... I don't need do... any aging up or any... I don't need any of that. Yeah, I don't really know that you need... And, it, it, you know, it's all dependent on, I guess, how far after uh, Revenge of the Sith that you set the movie. So, like, um, you know, if it's five years after Revenge of the Sith, you really don't have to do much. 
if it's supposed to be like a week before a new hope, then you would run into a bigger um, issue. And I don't think they would do that. I think they would set it closer to revenge of the Sith than a new hope. But yeah, I'm with you like throw a little extra gray in his hair or his beard. I don't really know that you need to like worry about doing it. I don't like, need aging. age prosthetics or yeah. CGI. I don't need any of that. I don't need that. Because yeah. no matter how good it is, to me, it's never convincingly good. Do you know what? Does that make sense? Have you ever seen somebody that made pro, made up prosthetically old that you were like, damn, that was good? Like, I damn, have. that was who? And it's very recent. In the newest season of True Detective, yeah. The main character is played by, I am going to fuck this gentleman's name up so bad. I apologize. I believe it's Marshala Ali, right? Yeah. And the show itself takes place in kind of three time periods. It takes place in like 1980, 1990, and then 2015. And he plays that character in all three eras. And like, so in 1990, it's just, the actor with no, you know, effects or aging. And then obviously he looks 10 years older and then, you know, even more uh, like 35 years older in 2015. And the, the makeup and the hair appliances and um, I assume he's wearing some sort of like bodysuit because he's like a little pudgier when he's an older man and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really good. I'll have to see that because that's... um. That's impressive. As far as special effects go, mm-hmm. to get that right is really impressive to me because, like, Agent, was it Peggy Carter in the the Captain America movies? Right. I, I did not think that was done well at all. She, it, you know, her aged up makeup did not look good. And the Curious Life of Benjamin Button, that aged up makeup did not look good. But now that I'm thinking about it, in there's this movie called Hook where... Uh, Robin Williams plays like an older Peter Pan. There's a scene in there where he goes back to see Wendy and it's, um, it's not Judy Dench. It's, uh, who the professor McGonagall, what's her name? Uh, what is, is it, what is her name? Is it Maggie Maggie something? Maggie something. I can't remember, but I know who you're, you're talking about. Um, but that she the the makeup in that movie they all you know aged her up and that was really well done, well done. Like I went back watching it as an older guy and I was like, damn, they made her look so old. She wasn't that old back then. Like it was good. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say that that's probably the most recent example of something I've seen with like sort of aging makeup effects that's really well done. Uh, if you don't have HBO, next time you come into town, remind me and I'll show you just some okay. clips of it because I yeah. I thought it I find it fairly convincing. And this season of that show, on a side note, is fucking excellent so far. <clears throat> um, okay. True Detective was like the last thing Vince Vaughn did, like where he was relevant, right? Was he in season two? I can't remember. I think so. Not good. Not good. <laughs> season two was not good. Was the so season one was Matthew McConaughey? Yep, that's also the season where fucking Woody Harrelson ate the booty he's like the booty groceries. like groceries. It is. 
Nom, 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 nom. It is indeed that movie or that show. That's a man who takes his craft seriously. <laughs> Real seriously. He needs a napkin with his craft. <clears throat> Why did I say that? <laughs> you're thinking right now whether you should edit that out, but you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, not because it's, I mean, it's dumb, but I mean, if I edited every dumb thing I said out of this show, it'd be fucking four minutes long. <laughs> it would be. It'd be four minutes of Will being like, yeah, I really liked Resistance. And then it'd be like me going, me too. So that guys, was good business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got three more voicemails. You guys killed it with the voicemails this week. Um, this one is from our buddy H. Jacoby. Or just J- Jacoby. I don't know. What do you like? Do you want you want the H? Was the H a typo? Do you just Jacoby? We'll figure it out. Either way, we'll hear what this fella has to say. All right, all right, all right. I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is Jacoby from Portland again. Thanks for taking my question these past couple times. Uh, Anyway, I had another thought today I wanted to share with y'all and get your feedback on. At my day job, whenever I'm training someone or giving them feedback, I believe in what I call the criticism or the feedback sandwich. And what that is, is you start off with a positive then you kind of lean into a negative or something for them to work on, and then you end on a positive. And the, you know, my logic behind it is you start with the positive so they get a good feeling about themselves and feel appreciated as they should, but then you need to give them also you know, what they need to work on. So you talk about that, that could be considered constructive criticism, and then you end on a positive so they walk away feeling good about the conversation, but also recognizing that there's room for them to grow. So I wanted to ask you guys, if you were to give Star Wars as a whole the criticism sandwich, positive, negative, slash something to work on, and then end on a positive, what would your impressions be? How would you go about, uh, I guess, criticizing or reviewing the franchise as a whole? Just curious to see what your thoughts are. I'll leave a three-second to five-second pause if... uh, you don't want my answers to influence your own answers. So if you wanted to give your own answers first, I'll give you guys a couple of seconds of dead airspace to talk amongst yourselves, and then I'll offer uh, my my three answers. So I'll give you the dead space right now. Ooh, look at him. This is technical. Um, okay, was it Evan that had us do a, a... I think we've done... Okay. I think I... it might have been about... Like something a little more specific, maybe the sequel trilogy or something. Evan yeah. asked us to do a positivity sandwich. I call it compliment sandwich. Compliment now, sandwich. It, it can be positivity. It's uh, compliment sandwich and positivity sandwich sound better than a compl- uh, than a criticism sandwich, right? Kind of sounds like a negative thing. In the spirit of keep it, keeping people peppy and morale, uh, that's why I call it a compliment sandwich. Okay. But yeah, it's a managerial tool and a training tool. It's how you it's how you're supposed to offer criticism when you when you need to so you don't sound like an asshole. Okay. But my compliment sandwich for I guess he said the Star Wars as a whole. Uh-huh. Um Oh 
little compliment. I'm just going to try to go there without thinking about it too hard. Star Wars does a great job of presenting stories where you can relate to the main character. Okay, Luke is very relatable. Everybody's had that feeling of, you know, standing in front of the twin sons. There's got to be more. You know, there's got to be, there's something better out there for me over the next horizon, and I've just got to go out there and grasp it. You know, that, and same thing with Ray. You, you know, I come from a background that maybe my life's not that great, but I can do great things. You know, and dwelling in the past is only going to drag me back, and the best thing to do is move forward and better myself. You know, I, Star Wars does a really great job of that, providing characters that you can relate to. Uh, the meat, the middle of the sandwich, our criticism. Um, I think Star Wars has a hard time defining villains and and growing a villain. Because I'm not even sure Darth Vader was intended to be Luke Skywalker's father in the original Star Wars. And then so we, we've got Snoke and he was great. And he, you know, the way he went left a lot of people angry or irritable and then you, you're on to kylo ren i think it's hard it's it seems difficult for star wars to really lean into their villains i guess because they have one has to be defeated every movie you know you're going to go through villains rapidly but anyway uh, and my last compliment is that um it's always pushing the boundaries uh, and a lot of people don't like that these days, but I like that Star Wars is pushing the boundaries. Whether Star Wars is pushing the boundaries with what kind of story it wants to tell you, how the way it's recorded, you know, George Lucas using all digital, you know, effects for the the prequels, mm-hmm. you know, it's just Star Wars is pushing the envelope no matter how they're doing it. And this new trilogy is pushing the envelope in, you know, trying to grow Star Wars in the way we tell Star Wars stories. I like that we're ever growing. You know, stagnation is a big problem in in movie franchises today. You know, if, uh, sequel fatigue or franchise fatigue. And I don't feel like Star Wars is anywhere near that yet because they're pushing the boundaries when they forge ahead. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I I think that's why I ended up liking The Last Jedi as much as I did because... I agree. You know, it at least attempted to do some new stuff and move forward. And I feel like the first movie to do that in the new era was going to be kind of like ripping off the Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Like, Of course. Um, but I think it's also important if we want Star Wars to last for a while. Because if Star Wars just constantly repeats itself and doesn't grow, then people are going to get tired of it way faster than they would otherwise. I think Um, Sharknado 16 Sharknado harder. So really I, um, I've been sitting here like listening to you and I'm having a really hard time with a criticism. I know I have them. I know if I sat here and thought about it for a couple of days, I'd get them. Um, so like this maybe maybe this would be why I'm a bad would be a bad manager. Like I have no desire to be in like a a leadership <laughs> or managerial 
you know me well. Like I, I have. That's not a desire I have to be Confrontation is your least favorite thing in the I world. Don't really like confrontation, and if someone pushes me to the the point where I have to have a conversation or a confrontation, it doesn't normally go well because I avoid it so much leading up to it. You know what I mean? I'm right. seriously at a breaking point if it comes to the point of confrontation. So, anyways. I'll start off and say compliment for Star Wars. Star Wars, you are the greatest franchise in human history. The the fuck out of here, James Bond. Get the fuck out of here. Uh any other franchise. You are the best. Lightsabers, Jedi, Sith, spaceships, Ewoks, aliens, fucking pl- planets yoda jar jar all of it you're the best my criticism the meat of the sandwich um and this is really more of a it's it's definitely more of a a more recent thing you're too secretive star wars you're too secretive and i don't know like some of it wants me to say even as much as i love the dude that some of it is a little bit of the J.J. Abrams effect. Like when you look at um, sort of the approach to The Force Awakens and Episode Nine, <clears throat> And, you know, we got more behind-the-scenes stuff throughout the production of the other, at least Solo and The Last Jedi. I don't really remember Rogue One all that well if we got much from that. I don't think we did, and mainly I think that might have been because of the whole... Uh, reshoot brouhaha. That's an excellent word, by the way. Brouhaha. Um, and I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's like the J.J. Abrams effect. Like, I'm always sort of like, I get a little tired of people always being like, oh, fucking J.J. Abrams mystery box. But if it is the J.J. Abrams effect, like, I don't know that it would... I don't know if like Lucasfilm just took a a page out of his book and we're like, no, that's a good approach. But I feel like we could have we could be given. I don't want the whole thing, but just give us a little bit more. And I yeah, I totally agree. I think maybe part of that reason is because. Star Wars seems like it has to figure out where it's going after it takes a step. So right. you, you, you make The Force Awakens, and then you have to, okay, so next we're gonna take the next step. And then next we're gonna take the next step. And that, you know, they don't want to reveal too much, because maybe they're not entirely sure, you know, where that next foot is gonna land, and they don't want right. to forecast prematurely or falsely. <laughs> but I feel like now that Disney owns Star Wars, I thought they would do that with this trilogy, but it doesn't kind of seem like it. Like... I guess they've always known where they were going in the beginning, but it doesn't kind of feel like it, does it? Like, So that is, I will be completely honest. I have very few qualms with the sequel trilogy thus far. One of the ones that bums me out the most, and I don't know how 100% true this statement is, but it does kind of sound like J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan wrote The Force Awakens, and then they were like, all right, pass it off to the next guy. Ryan Johnson picked it up from them, wrote the script, and then passed it off to the next guy, which was J.J. Abrams, and then they finished it all out. 
Like right. I would have liked if at some point there was at least a very bare bones overarching. Right. Like the outline the of the trilogy was written from the beginning. However, and the rest was flesh. Right. However, there have been statements from other people that make it seem like that that's, was the case. Right? right. Where Adam driver basically said very recently, he had a quote where he said like, you know, since I signed on to these movies, I knew the end point for this character, and so I've just been keeping that in mind as the, we make this movie, these right. movies, because I know where he's going to end up. To me, that means they know, like, right? Like, they had it planned. At least that. At least Kylo Ren's <laughs> arc, right? Which you could argue is like the most important. Well, one of the two most important important aspects of this, but you know, I don't need it to be one hundred percent figured out beat by beat but like just a loose idea and if they have and like if it comes out that they at least had some sort of loose idea and things maybe switched around a little bit but still that core idea stayed the same that's all i need but i'm yeah. with you like i you know i hope that's how it turns out to be because and and once again that's what excites me about the ryan johnson trilogy and the david and david weiss and uh, Benioff and Weiss trilogy is that it seems like they are taking that approach with those where those guys are getting a little more time than like J.J. Abrams and everybody else got because of everything you know how the timelines shaking out to where they have a little more time like to envision the trilogy and at least get an, an outline together it sounds like you know J.J. or Ryan Johnson is going to at least write and direct the first one. If I had to guess, it may be a similar situation where maybe he writes all three and directs the first one and somebody else directs the second and third one, or maybe he pulls a J.J. Abrams and does the first and third or whatever it is, you know? Um, but when I say, like, I feel like they're a little too secretive, like, just tell us if there's a movie coming next year. You know what I mean? We, yeah. I feel like we should know that already. And I also realize that part of this, like my sandwich may be different next week or the week after. I, I feel like part of it's colored by the lack of information or, or serious news that we're getting about Star Wars. I say that, but we we do get stuff, you know, like they do release stuff. I just feel like <clears throat> maybe it's a little bit of an outdated approach from the Lucasfilm side of things as far as sharing information and um. I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like even during the prequel era, it was a little more open and we got a little bit more stuff. Like, I feel like they're really worried about leaks and spoilers these days. Not that not rightfully so, but I think they're scared someone's going to spoil a movie. I think they're they're really tight lipped about it. Because yeah. of that. And honestly, I feel like. Mm, they should like I feel like there should their concerns should be placed elsewhere as far as that goes. Because it's like Leia says to Tarkin and Vader, like the tighter you tighten your grip, the more systems will slip through your fingers. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's going to happen. So don't worry about that. Like worry about other things like put all your attention into making kick. And I realize, like, you know, Lucasfilm is a big company. Like they got the manpower or whatever, whatever. But I just think. Like I, like, I think it's dumb 
that we don't have like a making of the force awakens book or a making of the last Jedi book. And honestly, <clears throat> as dumb as it is also kind of understand it. You know, when you have things like, um, Harrison Ford getting his ankle broken or his foot broken on the set of the force awakens and, you know, sort of the shakeup with Michael Arndt, who was originally signed on to write, uh, episode seven being let go and replaced by JJ <laughs> Kasdan and things like that. I can understand why maybe they don't want that stuff out, but then again, like not everything in those making of Star Wars books, you know, Star Wars Empire and Jedi paint our buddy Uncle George in the best light, like, but we still love Uncle George. So, you know, just I I think that's a side effect of Disney as well. Disney will not abide negative press. No, not even negative press. Disney won't abide anyone looking poorly, even half bad. You know yeah. what I mean? And so how I need to finish off positivity. I'm really bad at these. The other piece of bread for Star Wars will be um, lightsabers are the greatest fictional weapon ever created. <laughs> the coolest looking, sounding, acting fucking fictional weapon fucking Excalibur gets that shit out of here get that fucking shit out my face get that corn out my face get that corn out my face fucking uh, that broken ass sword in Lord of the Rings that part's cool Aragorn Narsil when Aragorn reforges that shit Aragorn son of Arathorn grandson of Aradorn um, cousin to Araborn um, when he reforges that shit it's cool it ain't lightsaber cool my dude (laughs) all right let's hear what jacoby's sandwich sounds like all right so my first answer is i love star wars a new hope i believe it is a perfect self-contained story and if nothing else came after it if there were no sequels or books or prequels even, I still firmly believe that Star Wars A New Hope would be considered one of the best science fiction fantasy movies of this generation and, and onward. Um, I, I just be- firmly believe they, they captured lightning in a bottle with that movie, and I am a big fan of movies and cinema in general, and Star Wars A New Hope just happens to be my favorite movie. So that's that's the major positive. It's just the movie itself that started all of this. So now my, my criticism is I really wish that the entire trilogy was planned start to finish. Ah. Not so much doing it on the fly because there are a lot of a lot of retcons and a lot of problems within the fandom are because of the choices that were made on the fly during production. Which still, you know, the movies are fantastic, but even in the, the sequel trilogy... You know, we're catching catching word that, you know, they're kind of making it up as they go. They they didn't have a plan start to finish. And I kind of feel like the story would have been a lot more cohesive if they had a, a pretty firm roadmap on what they were going to do with the franchise. And finally, my, posit- the, my last positive is the ending fight between Luke and Vader on the second Death Star when Luke 
embraces his anger for a moment, strikes down Darth Vader. The Emperor tells him to kill him and take his place at his side. When Luke throws his saber away and says, Never, I'll never join you. I am a Jedi like my father before me. That is one of the best, if not the best moment in the entire franchise. I'm a spiritual man, and it reminds me of a particular scripture that says, Be wrathful, but do not sin. That just kind of indicates that that anger, it's inborn inside all of us. And we're, we are allowed to, to have that anger, but never let that anger take control of us so that it leads us into sin or something that's unforgivable, like striking down your own father and taking his place at the side of an evil space wizard. So that's my criticism sandwich. I'm sorry this one runs a little, a little long, guys. But again, thank you so much for everything that you do. Love the podcast. Keep on keeping on, fellas. And again, to the Blue Harvest friends and family, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. This is Jacoby from Portland, punching out. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. The meat on mine and Jacoby's sandwich tasted pretty similar, didn't it? It was similar. It was a similar meat. Similar cut of beef. Delicioso. All All right, so we got another voicemail from our buddy. Vinny the Mandalorian. We haven't heard from this this Joker in That's a second. It's been a while. Yeah, man. I'm excited to hear from Vinny. What's up, Haas and Will? Vinny the Mandalorian here. Coming at you quick with some red-hot Mandalorian action. <laughs> with all the talk hmm. of the Chosen One, the light side and the dark, do you think we'll see a Chosen One when it comes to Mandalorians? With the upcoming release of The Mandalorian... Uh, it'll be pretty cool to see a person step up to the ranks and even possibly become the Mandalore. Well, anyways, uh, on a side note, I'm finally doing that Mandalorian culture podcast thing that uh, took me all year, but I finally managed to figure out how the show's going to work. It's basically going to be me and a few friends. Oh, sorry, that's my radio. Uh me and a few friends playing some D&D, but in the Star Wars universe. I wonder where that inspiration came from. And we're going <laughs> to record ourselves as our Mandalorian characters in the Mandalorian mercs. Well, as you can tell, some Fuck red yeah. hot Mandalorian action will be coming soon in 2019. Well, I'm going to get to work on your five-star review that has been in the works for about Two or three years now? <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> well, anyways, I'll ignite the green and may the force be with you. Man. Bye. Thanks, Vinny, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you. Man, you got to let me know when you start that podcast. For real. Uh, I want to hear it. Um, You know, the whole concept of Mandalore, the leader of the Mandalorians, which... Uh, I'm probably going to sound like a fool. I think originated in the Tales of the Jedi comics. Um, was always something I liked. Like the leader of <clears throat> Mandalore um being, you know, having the title of yeah, of, you know, Mandalore. Uh I hope like oh, I hope that's a concept they bring back. If I'm not mistaken, we haven't really seen that in like Clone Wars or Rebels, but I don't think that like means it can't be a thing. Right. That so, just means it didn't happen now or lately. Yeah. I hope we get some Mandalorian 
culture stuff and like world building in the man mandalorian i would be so stoked so stoked but yeah i'd absolutely like them to sort of revisit that concept and you know (laughs) i don't know if our main character the mandalorian uh since that's all we know him as right now will be that character but if he runs into whoever the respective leader of the Mandalorian people is at this time. That would be sick. Sure would. Sick. All right. <clears throat> we got one more voicemail, and then we'll try to get to a couple emails. You guys got our, our mind grapes going this week. We're talking our full head off. Um, next up, we got our buddy, Anthony, a.k.a. Royal Farm Boy. How doing, Halls and Will? Here he comes. How do, Haas? How do, Will? This here's Anthony, Royal Farm Boy in that Twitterverse. Got some thoughts. Um, first among them would be a couple episodes for the end of the first season of new Star Wars stories, Star Wars Resistance. And that there set of stories goes alongside another story and maybe lining right into that we know pretty damn well. Um, some observations. I've been keeping note up to my own self that with every next show we get or episode, the lesson I'm hearing folk talking about it being it's just a kid's show because a great many folks done got tied up in this because... Lucasfilm knows how to tell Star Wars stories. I don't know what the hell Disney Star Wars is, but I know what Lucasfilm Star Wars is, and they're telling us stories. Uh, Also, I had to go back and listen to the previous episode where Jim, doing his driving, hope he didn't miss his exit, (laughs) had some grievances, and... Haas just done the damn fine job of ironing that out. But I had to go back and re-listen to his message because I can remember last Saturday right after breakfast. Yeah, biscuits and gravy. And bacon. Yep. Um, had some, I kept, I was yelling at the radio at Jim. Not in any kind of wrongful kind of way for his grievances, but it just seemed to me that, Jim, maybe you're looking a bit too closely. Back it up some. Just follow the story being told you. And sounds to me like you're getting in your own way. Get out of your own way, buddy. And that story, or any of those stories, I think you will find you'll like them a lot more. And uh, today at work, was listening to Rogue One, where Johnny and Hawes got to talk with Eric Struthers, and that just, that was a left turn I weren't expecting. So that put me to thinking on the drive home, listening to Scavengers for Old Girls. Uh, had to go rewind their show because I took my thinking off. Uh, you got a neighbor down there to Yin's both that's also a 
well-known Star Wars podcaster, Ben Hart. So that put me to thinking, and this is up to Yins too, and what Yins think, of maybe doing a crossover show sometime, maybe for celebration, maybe after. Yins too have been on and talk Star Wars. So tell me what you think about that, and I look forward to listening to Yins too this Saturday morning. As I have my breakfast. And maybe I'm going to switch up. It'll be something different. But. Tell your show on Saturday. Oz and Will. My Star Wars friends. May the force be with you both. Mm. See you on the radio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Will. Ben Hart. Our buddy Ben Hart. um, He's a host on the Star Wars Underworld podcast. He is a fellow mississippi boy is he really yeah he lives down on the coast like i don't know if it's ocean springs somewhere in that general area right yeah ben hart's a real good dude um i got to hang out with him sort of briefly on and off at celebration didn't really get to talk to him or anything as much as i would have liked to just because of the craziness of celebration i would love to sit down and chat with with ben have i you know what we got to do we got to go and try out ben's families they've got a barbecue restaurant really we got to make a trip somehow what's it called (sighs) it's not the shack is it no it's not the shack um i've seen some pictures of their food and it looks delicious um i like i know ben listens to our show occasionally like he gives shout outs to um, podcasts he listens to and stuff. I think he like you know much like myself has so many that like he has to filter some in and out. I'd love to have Ben on. We might be a little too potty mouth for Ben. Right. Ben's a good boy. I mean that's kind of the um, we skew a little more mm, risque than most of your Star Wars podcasts. I imagine. <laughs> I don't know about most, but you know definitely some. You know there's. But um, if Ben's down, I would love to chat with Ben. At the very least, like, catch up with him at Celebration. So, Ben, I, if... I'd be happy to wash my mouth out with soap just to have the guy on. <laughs> ben, if you're hearing this now, my buddy, you let me know when you're ready to come on. And you know what we'll do? We'll just talk the whole time about that horrible Ben Hart impression that Johnny Grasso does. This sounds nothing like you. Does it really? Yeah, it's terrible. You know, Johnny is is the guy that thinks we don't have highways and shit and airports down here. Like, really? Yeah, Johnny's he thinks always we're all barefoot. Yeah, sitting, dirt roads. Like sitting on the porch, sipping an iced tea with a like a piece of hay hanging out of my mouth and shit, and overalls. Yeah. Waiting for the waiting for the the crops to come in this season, or you know, whatever he thinks goes on down here. I'm like. He, like Johnny's talked about coming to visit and he's and he's legitimately been like well do you guys have an airport where I, where would I fly into and I'm like Birmingham we got the an Birmingham airport. airport it's an international airport in Birmingham and he's like no is, is it all dirt roads no man we got highways and shit Birmingham is an actual city <laughs> he wouldn't survive in Tupelo Hey, 
Tupelo's a bigger city than where I grew up. I was about to say, Tupelo's pretty damn big for Mississippi, but it still ain't, it ain't Birmingham. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to chat with, with Ben Hart. Um, yeah, I'll see if I can put that together. I mean, it sounds like a good time to me. I'll be honest, I love having guests and talking to Star Wars friends every time. Even if it's someone like we've had on a bunch, like it just makes me a tiny bit anxious. I don't know why. I think it's just like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want whoever comes on our show to feel like, why the hell did I do that? It was a fucking waste of time. They dropped the F-bomb 40 fucking times. And I said F-bomb and then followed it up with fucking. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the Halls Burkhart way. Um, you know, I just. So a lot of times, like I psych myself out of asking people on. It's probably why we haven't had a guest on in a little bit. I actually reached out to uh, a regular guest of ours to come on in the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited about it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll check in with old um, Ben Hart and see what he's up to. Um, the guest I reached out to, fuck it, I'll just say it's Chris Fresh. We're going to have Chris Fresh on in the next couple of weeks. Hell, yeah, that's going to be good. Got to talk to our buddy Chris. All right. Look, guys, we have got a bunch of emails. We're going to get through a couple of them. We're not going to get through all of these. You guys kick so much ass. We love you guys. We still got some episode nine pictures to briefly talk about. We don't have a ton to say. Like, I don't think we're going to sit down and break them down for an hour, but we would like to address them. So we're going to get through a couple of emails and then anybody we don't get to, you know how we do. We will get you next week. Um, Yeah, you guys just killed it. Like, if you guys are kicking this much ass imagine the voicemails and emails we're gonna start getting when the real news hits the fan holy shit we love you guys you're the best blue harvest podcast at gmail.com if you want to talk to us all right so we didn't get to this email last week so we definitely need to get to it this week it's from our buddy colton Howdy, guys. Hope you're doing well. Y'all were talking about kyber crystals on the show last week and speculating about what happened. Assuming Starkiller Base used kyber crystals in its design to the kyber crystals when the base imploded. There's a throwaway line in Rogue One at the end of the conversation between Chirrut and Jin, the first one on Jetta, when he senses her kyber crystals before <clears throat> she and Cassian get in the crossfire between the stormtroopers and Saul's rebels. That goes something like this. The strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. In my head canon, canon, I assume that this line was describing how Starkiller Base worked. Death Star tech without all the mess of finding and mining Kyber. Instead, you just absorb a strong star and its heart of Kyber. Anyways, don't mean to poop on your awesome discussion last week. Just wanted to throw that idea out there. Cheers, Colton. Col- That's actually, I mean... I, I mean, if they wanted to go that way, I think they could. Yeah. Have. Well, um, <laughs> but I think from Rogue One, well, I don't know. We're, we're, it's very different. In, in Rogue One, it definitely implies that they were mining Kyber. Right. But that's for the Death Star, not for Starkiller Base. You see what he's saying? Right. I think he's saying, right, right. like, he's talking about Starkiller Base. Right. <clears throat> what I'll say is, to me, what Colton just did there is he Occam razored us. The simplest, what what is that shit? The simplest explanation yeah, is probably Occam's razor is this. Yeah, the simplest explanation is most likely the, the answer. Accurate. Or yeah, 
I mean, if that came out in a visual dictionary, I'd be like, perfect. There's the explanation. That's all I needed to know. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. They just absorbed the energy. I don't know. See, some of that kind of, honestly, I don't even need a lot of that kind of stuff. Cause sometimes it's just too much. Like I don't need that much. Cause you got to get into physics. Yeah. And because well, the more you get into the technical shit, you're really getting into how do you store energy? Okay. You pull the energy from the Kyber hearted star. How do you store it? inside the star bear killer base to project it out to have multiple projectiles like you know where i just, when you really start to chop it down i feel like you get too far into the physics of it yeah <clears throat> all right uh next up we have our buddy sajax hey halls and will hope life is treating you both well i really enjoyed the silly spoiler segment last episode this would be a fun ongoing part of the show especially with so much time left to go before episode nine comes out. Just grab a few lines from Mike Zero or somebody each week and pick them apart. On a similar note, a Star Wars therapy podcast hosted by you guys would be great. You both Star seem, Wars therapy. You both seem to be pretty understanding of people's problems with the films without being mean about it and would probably do some good talking folks off the fandom ledge. I could definitely write a few letters into a show like that, but I make it a point not to talk to therapists for fear of being locked up. Anyways, have a happy day. Keep up the good work and don't let the guy with butterfly nets don't let the guy with butterfly nets catch you. A Star Wars therapy podcast sounds fun and terrifying at the same time. It does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Like I don't want to be responsible for anybody else's mental health. I'm really proud of our podcast of what we've done together with blue harvest i'm really proud of our listener base and people that interact with us and write in and enjoy the show like are we the biggest star wars podcast out there by no means but like i feel like we've got like a nice core like tight group and we're getting new listeners all the time i take a point of pride in like and, and at least I hope so that people can listen and just have a good time with Star Wars. Like, yeah, we're going to talk about the heavy, nasty shit when it comes up. But, like, I also don't want to dwell on it to the point where that seems like that's all Star Wars is about, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I also take it as a point of pride, like what he said and, you know, what a couple of other people have said in their voicemails or emails tonight is, like, we're good at talking someone off the ledge without being mean about it because I, if someone is not being a shitty person about Star Wars, and when I say a shitty person, we all know what kind of person I'm talking about. If they're not being a shitty person about Star Wars, I don't want to be mean to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because... Because we all like different parts of everything. Right. For everybody... Not even Star Wars, you know? You know, like... Some people have a nose whistle. I have C-3PO exchanging heads with a battle droid. Right. And that's some, like, for sure, there's people that listen to that po this podcast where they're like, I don't know, man, I really like that part. I really like that part, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to be mean about it and, like, <clears throat> I don't know, I feel like some of that has come with, I mellowed out. Will knows this. <clears throat> I mellowed out <laughs> not long after meeting Will. Uh, 
Part of that is cutting down on drinking severely. <laughs> Will knows. I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. But I've mellowed out and like just I don't feel the need to be so intense about anything like I used to be in my 20s. Be it music that I enjoy or don't enjoy or movies that I enjoy or don't enjoy or anything. You know what I mean? Like I just, I get more enjoyment now focusing on what I like instead of what I don't like. And in turn, I think that's made me happier and made me enjoy the stuff I enjoy more. I would agree. I think it makes most people happier. Yeah. Um, I was an angry dude. I know it doesn't come off that much on the podcast, but in my late teens into my mid twenties, I went through like a six or seven year period of being an angry dude. I chilled out heavily, heavily um, in my mid twenties. All right. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm just being honest. All right. Sometimes you call them like you see them. Next up, we got an email from... All right, we'll do two more. We'll do Matt Frost and Emily Lind, and then we will save our buddy Eddie from the Bucketheads podcast. Sorry, Eddie. We will get to you. In the meantime, everybody go check out his podcast. And our buddy Rick. We'll get to them next week. Matt Frost. Hey, Halls and Will. I hope you're both well and winter is not withering your well-being with its wild and woolly wetness. I have been really enjoying the Patreon content. Congratulations on expanding your content in such a fun and lighthearted way. Special shout out to my boy, Chef Will. I can remember where I was when I first heard Radiohead's Paranoid Android. I remember my first real kiss with a girl. I remember where I was when I listened to the first episode of Cooking with Chef Will. Make of that what you will. I don't write in much. I've listened to so many hot takes on Star Wars over the last year that I've even stopped caring about my own opinion. That said, I have a game that you may want to play. Oh, the last time Matt had a game for us, it was real fun. In the prequels, we follow the adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, two guys in bathrobes and questionable haircuts, as they follow two different paths. One becomes a Jedi, one becomes a Sith. Jedi are the good guys, although they can be real dickbags sometimes. And Sith are the bad guys, although they get cool clothes and bitching spaceships. That makes me think of other iconic pairings. And what paths do you think they would follow, Jedi or Sith? All right, you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth. Oh, David Lee Roth is the Sith. I agree. I agree. Uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. Ah. Oh. Uh, it's too obvious to say that Keith Richards is the Sith. You think so? Because, like, you just think, like, oh, nothing can kill that man. He's consumed by the dark side. <laughs> I think you're just making this more of a solid point. But go on, go on. Um but because I don't want to say Mick Jagger's the Jedi like you know what I mean like yeah some of these like some of these might need a write-in answer of they're like kind of like 
the smuggler or the bounty hunter, but we're we're sticking to the rules of we're the game. We're sticking to it. Sticking to it. Sticking to it. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Mick Jagger's the Jedi, and Keith Richards is the Sith. Uh, all right. Britney. Well, Keith Richards is the Sith that comes back to the light side, and Mick Jagger's the Jedi that falls to the dark. Uh, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Ugh. Christina Aguilera is the Sith. I agree. I don't see a Jedi singing fucking dirty in those booty shorts. That seems like a Sith music video to me. Britney Spears has had enough. She, she's been through her <laughs> Jedi trials. <laughs> she sure has. That poor lady. Right. All right. Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield. Dave Mustaine is the fucking Sith. Yeah. James Hetfield's the fucking Jedi. Yeah, he's... He's kind of like um like a Jedi with an alcohol problem. Jedi barbarian. Yeah, where where they're like, look, Master Hetfield, like, he's not Jedi council material, but he's a solid Jedi. He's but, one of those Jedi that taps into the dark side, but they're like, look, he's the only one that can do it. Don't try that <laughs> shit. You're gonna end up a Sith. Special exceptions. Like special exception. For Jedi Master James Hetfield. Now, like, in reality, James Hetfield is more of like a Han Solo, uh, I want to drive fast cars type (laughs) guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I tell you, look, I know this is probably, like, any listeners that do actually listen to Metallica, I realize there's going to be, like, a subset of them that hate what I'm about to say. But I cannot tell you how fucking lucky I feel that I went to see Metallica in Alabama and they didn't play that fucking song, Fuel. I hate that song. Hey, there you go. Give me fuel, give me power, give me demo. It's like a... Ooh, yeah! It sounds like a soundtrack song for like those Twisted Metal games or something. Yeah, that's probably... That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, should be in a Michelin Impossible music video. Oh, they, they already did one of those. And oh, I know. That's why I it's, said it. Just as bad, if maybe not worse, than that song. Uh, I remember. Getty Lee and Les Cape Claypool. Ooh. Hey, Getty. Hey, Getty. I would say, like, my first... um, My first thought would be Getty Lee is the Jedi. But I don't know, man. They do some... They do some weird, like, mystical magic shit with Rush. And Les Claypool, while he seems like kind of a weird guy, I never got the Sith vibe from him. Primus mm-hmm. is a weird band yeah, in their own right, but I never got, like, a, a darkness. There's definitely... I don't know about that. Ooh, this one's tough for me. This is tough. I'm going to go Getty Lee, fucking Sith... Less play Claypool Jedi, but Getty Lee is a is like a very uh he's a fancy Sith. I don't know what the like almost like a he's Count the Count Dooku. Dooku. Yeah, yeah. All right, well <clears throat> there's this next one is one hundred percent you. I will oh, I bet it's Beatles, isn't it? I will immediately default and agree with what you say. John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Matt Frost says, I am paying special attention to this one. I mean, come on. That's too easy to me. I mean, John Lennon is quite obviously the Sith and Paul McCartney is quite obviously the Jedi. And I say this because 
I mean, simply in their music writing, Paul McCartney was the more whimsical and upbeat one, and John Lennon was the real, I mean, it was real dark in some places, like heavy. All right. There we go. I think I would agree with that, too. Uh, Neil Young and the entire state of Alabama. (laughs) Neil Young's the Sith. The entire state of Alabama is the Jedi. Because old Neil Young will remember. A southern man doesn't need him around anyhow. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a good pull, Matt. Shia LaBeouf and Lindsay Lohan. Oh, my God. Those are two... uh, Oh, ugh. I almost want to say they're both kind of Sith. Yeah, I want to say it too, but I don't want to. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to break See, the game. This is the thing. Like neither one of them really has a Jedi redeem. I probably Shia LaBeouf probably has more Jedi redeeming qualities. Really? Recently? I mean, not necessarily like personally, they, but like artistically. I would say like both of them. You could say started off as Jedi and then lost their way. Like, look. Lindsay Lohan had disastrous personal stuff going on. I still right. think Mean Girls is a really fucking funny movie. It is. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with Mean Girls. I don't. It was the last good thing she did, though. I can't. I was about to say I don't know of anything really before that that of hers that I enjoy or after. The Parent but Trap was good. I enjoy Mean Girls. Um, Shia LaBeouf, like. I don't know, man. That one's tough. Honestly, I don't feel like I know enough about either of them to make an accurate decision. Lindsay Lohan now has a club in Mykonos, Greece that she runs. She's got a show on, shit, it's either MTV or Bravo or something where she ta- you know, she's training people and they're all like fake, you know, fake and beautiful and it's it's a reality show about bullshit. I mean, it's really not. There's no substance to the show at all. Okay. And like, so, Shia LaBeouf is still making relevant art. If is he? What's the last thing that dude did? I mean, the thing that sticks out in my mind is Fury, the 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 World War II movie with Brad Pitt. But that's been a few years back. It's been a few years, but I mean, the original Transformers movie was decent. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm sure there's something else in there somewhere. That he did those all right. Number six, if if mainly aimed at you, number nine is completely aimed at me. Is it? Yep. Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis. Oh, oh I know how this is going to end up. Yeah, Fred Durst is the Sith. Yeah, right? No but, shit. So Fred, okay, so for one, Fred Durst isn't smart enough to be a Jedi and if he was a Sith he'd be a really fucking dumb Sith it would be like <laughs> if if Sebulba was a Sith yeah, even worse it would be like if that fucking burping frog uh, outside of Jabba's palace oh man was a Sith like and plus I don't think a Jedi would write a song that was like a motherfucking chainsaw I'm gonna something your ass raw like, that is fucking a dumb Sith. Like, if Fred Durst was one of Palpatine's apprentices, he would, like, Palpatine, he would be an apprentice for, like, three days, and then Palpatine would be like, fuck this. Get me Count Dooku. 
Isn't like, that later in that song guy. he goes, give me something to break. How about your fucking face? Like, yes. Isn't... <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes, that is what happens. All right. Prince and Michael Jackson. Ooh. Ooh, you're asking two of the wrong dudes for that. That's hard, man. I, I'm going to go in a way... I don't know that I can label either of them. See, okay, if we're going by Jedi rules where they like can't have attachment and have to be stay celibate, I think Prince couldn't do it. Like Prince loved the ladies too much. You know what I mean? But I don't know that Michael Jackson qualifies. Pillar of mental stability, my friend. Right. Or as a Jedi. I think Prince would be a Jedi that had like but you know what Anakin Skywalker I think they're both Ahsokas I think they're both Jedis that left the, the order I think Michael Jackson would have been been uh, flagged by the Jedi order for examination and then they'd have been like I don't know man <laughs> I don't know dude you know Prince would have been like a smooth Jedi. He would have had a couple of flings on the side, trying to keep that on the download. Definitely a purple lightsaber. Prince would be like the dean of the Jedi Bard College. You know, like not necessarily the library, but all the poetry and songs. You know, like you know how like you see the library in Attack of the Clones and Jocasta yeah. knew was over that. Like there's a yeah. Jedi music room somewhere in the temple, and like right. there's a real plush purple pillow. And you go in there, and Prince is just sitting there, like crisscross applesauce on that, like giant banner teach. hanging from the, you know, with that symbol on it, ceiling with the ambiguous ceiling yeah. symbol. <clears throat> All right, thanks, Matt. Solid game. Like once again, it's tough for me to decide some of those. Next up, we have Emily Lind, co-host of the Canto Bite Dispatch. You guys should check it. Check it out if you haven't this is what she has to say hello gentlemen i have a non-star wars question for you hope that's okay but i've been kicking myself for not asking this when i was holding halls hostage on canto bite dispatch for three hours let's be fair emily i don't know you were holding me hostage as much as i had a serious case of won't shut the fuck ups thinking back to when we were watching the show for the first time what were some of your favorite lost surprises slash twists? Not necessarily the ones that ended up having the most interesting storyline effects or that changed the long-term show in the best way, but just the best, big biggest moments in the biggest in the moment, holy shit thing that happened. Obviously, the show was full of these, but one of the biggest ones was for me was when Locke is banging on the hatch and suddenly the light turns on. Boom. End of the episode. I was definitely yelling at my TV. The other one that sticks with me is when the polar bear charges them and Sawyer shoots it dead. In terms of lost twists, this seems like a smaller one, but back when I was watching the pilot for the first time, it was kind of a huge turning point. Suddenly, I had no idea what kind of show I was watching. Also, at that point, we had no idea just how crazy on the show would become. If it happened later in the show run, I'd be like, oh shit, another weird-ass thing to add to all the other weird-ass things. But the first time it's, holy shit, is that a polar bear? What is happening right now? 
It's one of the things that got me hooked on the show, and so I'll always love it. Anyways, I'd love to hear what shocking moments from the show stuck with you, Emily. You know I love a lost question. Won't you uh, take this one first, Will? Do you have, give me maybe two, two shocking lost moments that you felt were some of the best. I, most of my, I mean, I remember the beginning of Lost. Probably the first, one of the first most shocking moments to me was that scene where you op- it opens and you go through Desmond's morning routine, and you find out that he's like living in in the hatch. Yeah, I basically. think that's like the first episode of season two, maybe. That really kind of blew my mind. Yeah, and then because you think, oh, they're on an island, but, but oh, there's this. There's a hatch with livable, you know, quarters and everything. And then there's this moment in, like, maybe the final season where you see, like, Jacob for the first time. Like, I just assumed we'd do this whole shit without ever seeing Jacob. Like, I just assumed Jacob was, like... You just took one of mine. (laughs) But it's totally cool. Go on. We we see Jacob. Like, we actually see Jacob and maybe the foot of the statue and the, the inside of some Egyptian stuff. You know, like... That really, I was like, where the hell is this going now? You showed me him, and I still don't understand. Yeah, and the way it sets up, because there's like a fairly long conversation between him and another character that starts off this episode. And it's like, there's no like warning or reference, and like they're just talking, talking, talking. And then the other character says, you know, whatever the line is, Jacob. And uh, in your oh, that's Jacob. That's this dude we've heard about for so long. Yeah. That's definitely one of mine. Um, Look, I'm very biased for this moment in Lost. I believe it's episode four, Walkabout, when you realize, and it's edis- edited so perfectly. It's yeah. like edited to where you find out John Locke is in a wheelchair, and then it like, shows you the beginning moments of the pilot where he's laying on the beach and he looks down at his feet and he can realize his feet can move and he stands up and he's like smiling while all this fucking chaos is going on around him. Right. Holy fuck. You know what's crazy? I didn't start lost from the beginning. Um, And luckily by the time I got into lost, I hadn't had much spoiled for me, but I knew two things. I knew the polar bear thing, and I was like, that's weird. Fucking show about a polar bear on an island? And I knew the John Locke thing, because someone specifically was like, do you watch Lost? I was like, no, I do not. And they said, well, you got it. There's this dude on a wheelchair, and when they crash on the island, he can walk. I was like, oh, well, thanks for thinking about me. Oh. Um, But there's so many, like, you know, the we have to go back, crazy fucking crazy um the time travel jump was crazy yeah um the one one that'll always stick out to me and the reason it sticks out is kind of a selfish reason because i called it it's one of the few things i called ahead of time and was right with lost was who was in the coffin at the end of season four it's one of those things i don't really want to give away too much about in case you know people are watching lost now our buddy Justin 
has me real spooked about spoilers with shows after I spoiled Game of Thrones for him one time. Oh, no. So, but yeah, who was in that coffin at the end of season four was a big reveal for me. And I had called it, and I was pretty stoked that I'd finally gotten something right about Lost. <clears throat> Buddy, I don't know about you. I'm fucking burnt toast right now. My voice is going out. I've been talking my full head off. Yeah, we've had a great, we long, talkative episode. So, let's save the episode nine picture discussion until next week. Um, like I said, we don't. I don't think we have a ton to say about it. I think it's definitely more visual than than audio with that. Um, and probably by this point, if you listen to multiple Star Wars podcasts, you've heard po- people talk about it ad nauseum. Um, so we'll cover that next week unless there's other huge m- news that supersedes it um and yeah we just won't do a spoiler thing this week because i'm burnt out i need to sleep at some point uh thanks for taking so long to record with me this week buddy sorry yeah, it went kind of long i mean i had a no, blast no. i mean it was a, i had a blast too it was really fun i just <clears throat> i don't know man it was a long one guys thanks so much for sticking around and hanging out with us if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stone Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance and haven't already. It really helps us out. And don't curse. That's an apparently important piece of information that I have been forgetting to leave. Uh, to, I have been forgetting to tell people about that. Um... And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.